Give me one second, sorry. My guy, this is not that kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening right now? So my uh my pants. <laughs> Here's a quick side note. My pants, right? I've been losing weight. Okay. So I've had to like tighten the notch. Like I needed new belts. Um, but the way we've been sitting, because this chair is kind of weird. Uh huh. I've had it on the tight. It's just been. It's been killing me. It's been. I just needed a quick. You know. Just gotta let it go. Ah. Sound speeding. Camera rolling. Scene thirty three. Take three oh three. Mark. Welcome to Take three oh three. Powered by Fort Wayne Media, the podcast with a guy who knows a lot about film and his friend. J.P. Brooks. We're talking everything film and television, and today we are talking about Dog Day Afternoon and Dumb Money. But first, in cinematic news... Cinematic news! Uh, we have a new director, potentially, for Bond. And I know you love your James Bonds. Yeah, who do we... Who's up at the plate? Some, At least some person I don't know, of course, but yeah. Who no, is no, that? you actually know this guy. It's one of your boys. One of my boys? Actually, it's one of my boys. Uh uh, Christopher Nolan. I about to say, if you were going to say Wes Anderson, I'm like, yo, don't give me a Bond, <laughs> Wes Anderson. Okay, then it'll probably be really good. It'll be really... Uh... It'll be like Tenet. Yeah. Did you hear who passed away today? No, who passed away? Uh, Sir Michael Gambon. He's the second guy that played Dumbledore. Another Dumbledore passed away? Yeah. Shit, rest in peace. He got Ava Kedarva, whatever that kill spell yeah. is. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. And speaking of things coming to an end mark Wahlberg announced that he might be retiring actually wow allegedly i, don't I need yeah i don't believe it either i need one more tight t-shirt muscles coming out bicep just need one more give me another give me the happening too and you can require and you can retire <laughs> I just give, me, give me i love that movie to round out our cinematic news possibly the funniest thing i heard all week yeah is that Jason Momoa dressed up like Johnny Depp on the set of Aquaman 2? The best I ever heard. No way! The legend! Legendary! Yeah. Oh, I, that was. I all that need, cinematic need, news was worth it just for that. I need footage of this stat. Yo, talk about just somebody with an agenda of your... And you know, with his hair and everything, he could have dressed up like Jack Sparrow or something like that. I'm here to be Aquaman. We <laughs> <laughs> needed a man who's a fish. That would have been hysterical. Oh, I'm glad he messed with her. I th- You're not going to bring up the Renee Zelger not being in Paddington? and You know she got removed? Snow White? Big Snow White controversy and drama? No, what is this? Ah, Nick, let me explain a little something. So, yeah, Renee Zellger, she's uh, from West Side Story, the main chica. You mean Rachel Zagler? Is that you say her name? Yeah, you're talking about Renee Zellweger, who is the girl from Jerry Maguire. Oh, how do you say... Wait, there are two... Rachel Zagler and Renee Zellweger. Renee Zellweger and Rachel Zagler? Yes. I'm talking about Rachel Zagler. Do you know you about are. this? I know. I've, I've heard the memes. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the memes. Okay. Well, no, she's officially been kicked off. They've removed her. They're going to reshoot the whole thing. Perfect. Amazing. I but, love it. But now it's projected for them just to break even. They'll have to bring in over $600 million. And that's just to break even. I mean, just start setting fires to sets. <laughs> I mean, call it quits. I don't that know. It just means a lot more superhero movies coming your way. Da-da-da. And today we're talking Dog Day Afternoon, 1975's Dog Day Afternoon, directed by Sidney Lumet, starring Al Pacino, John Cazale, James Broderick, 
and Charles Durning. Dog Day Afternoon follows the true story of Sonny, played by Al Pacino, who goes to rob a bank. And everything that follows after that, when the cops show up, and a standoff ensues. And that is what, and a hostage situation ensues. And that's what this movie is about, because I don't want to say anything else. But we're going to say a little bit more than that, uh, because this is also another film that is based on a true story. And I chose it more so than the big, uh, over the big short, because it takes place in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of Brooklyn movies this year. So we have to do the most Brooklyn of movies um, with something that happened right basically in our neighborhood. It happened over on Avenue P. Oh, Avenue P and what? Uh, the exact address is 450 Avenue P. It's in Gravesend. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. This happened in 1972. The movie came out in 1975. And the events of Attica happened right before that in 1971. Which I didn't know about, so I had learned about Attica. Um, well, prison uh, riot, for those who don't know. Revolt, yada, yada. Um, it was nice to... That's interesting, too, because this movie that we saw today is also a film about real events that happened just a few years after it was made, right? So yeah, three-year like, separation, almost about the same. The end credits had like things that were just finished last year. Yeah. So very interesting. I really liked it. It was nice to see 1970 five brooklyn to be honest yeah. yeah i i rewatched it this morning didn't realize how gritty it was i i haven't seen it in a few years but i know you love your one location movies i did and this was this was one of those so first impressions what are we thinking i'm thinking al pacino gave like the performance of his life and didn't get an award for it I, it's absolutely wild some of the emotional scenes where he's just talking on the phone and it i'll get into the issues later i mean it can be a little bit boring like i think that's the one thing but one person who keeps me invested is this crazy character sunny yeah for a time in college dog day afternoon stood in my top 10 genuinely one of the best performances i've ever seen and have you seen um like a lot of al pacino movies uh so here are some cinema sins that i've never i've never seen scarface uh i've seen technically one of his worst movies yeah you've told me that before but still i've never seen uh i've seen the godfather part one i don't think i've ever finished the second one and i heard third's not worth it at the time so uh what else has pacino been in that i would know a scent of a woman no heat no sea of love no cruising no i saw the alaska one insomnia bam there you go Okay, so you're missing a few. But, I, uh, I, can I say I thought he was overrated until now, even though I had never seen any of his films? It's a Bob take. <laughs> yeah, it is a Bob take. Uh, but I get why people, like, I get why he gets a lot of the accolades. It makes sense now. Fun fact, the real guys who did the bank robbery came from a screening of The Godfather right before they did the robbery. That's so funny. Wow. I yeah, did. Yeah, I looked up some information about the real uh, robbers also crazy accurate yeah yeah and this movie is insanely funny again for the same reasons that dumb money is funny because the actual events were hysterical from the moment this movie starts the bank robbers pull up to the bank the old security guard is like bringing down the flag it's clearly closing time but for some reason they think this is the prime time <laughs> to pull off a robbery and then as soon as it kicks off I got to give him credit. The way he got that gun out of the box was immaculate. 
Yeah. <laughs> the idea behind it was horrible. Yeah. But the execution was immaculate. <laughs> and then just like when he stands up on the chair to paint the cameras, <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> yeah, I knew this movie was going to be a lot of funny moments like that right from the start. Because the way he throws the box around is just so funny. And then like the guy's like, I can't do it. <laughs> He's got to leave the whole conversation. Setting the trash can on fire. People needing to use the restroom and him out. Everybody wants to go. <laughs> and he actually entertains it. He's like, this killer is like, well, if you got to go. <laughs> it's, yeah. What if I imagine like the guy must have been, because based on the interviews and stuff, the real ones. Yeah. He was just as crazy and quirky as they made him out to be in the script. So Yeah. He, um, I did some research yeah. again too. Uh, he said like 30% of the film was accurate. Yeah. And he said a lot of Pacino's portrayal uh, was. But they said some of the other interactions that he has mm-hmm. with different characters was not. Particularly with, his, with the mother character and with the wife character. Yeah. So they were exaggerated. And this is all script, right? This is not... This movie is not cinematography. It's not revolutionizing set or design. Nothing. This is all script. It's all story. Well, I would argue a little bit against that, too. What are, you, what are you thinking? I'm thinking it's a combination of all of them. Because I think this was a pure Oscar film, and I feel like it was snug really hard. I think, obviously, yes, this is a script film, and this is a performance film. Al Pacino should have won. It only won for screenplay, so you're right on that. Oh, it really did? It was a script. And then, two, if you really look at it, because I know it's your first watch, if you really look at it, you got to remember, they're only in one location. There's a lot of wide shots. There's a lot of things happening in the backgrounds of different scenes. Like, my favorite performance is obviously Pacino, but my favorite character is the cop in the background that is fighting for his life not to crack up behind Leon. That's my favorite character. Um, Hard to argue. Yeah, so there's a lot going on in the background. Also, outside of the main, the opening credits, there's no music in this film. Mm, didn't even notice that there is only sound and we know that sound is a bitch <laughs> but more oh 51 percent of movies yes it's all the 51 percent it of is a bitch um but yeah so no music they're just really relying on location performances script so the cinematography does play a part in that and the editing too because if you notice there's also no montages a movie like this very easily we could just cut to a montage of people eating people doing this people doing that it's very slow and you said that you know sometimes maybe it's too slow where it gets boring but because it almost feels like it's playing in real time and you feel just as exhausted as the characters yeah it talking about like a movie reflecting reality that's what it felt it really felt like a real bank robbie like i'm getting just as bored as the cops who are standing around waiting for something happening i'm also taking their eating breaks taking your breaks i'm just as scared as the cops who are worried every time like it all makes sense um i really love <laughs> so many things you can say about this we're kind of all over the place a little bit but it doesn't matter because that's how the robbery was yeah that's how the robbery was i love the fact that he's like teaching one of the people who's holding the gun he's like teaching <laughs> one of his hostages how to properly flip a gun and stuff and do the correct army stuff um, I also just to highlight some other performances I think are great. I think Leon nails it. Uh, isn't mocking? Isn't like is genuinely just playing the character, especially for that time. I think I've seen it for the first time 
when I was probably leaving high school or entering college. So at that time, also with trans uh, visibility, it really didn't exist Yeah. during that time. It sounds weird to say like, you know, it was invented like a few years ago. It wasn't, but like it only came into conversation a yeah. few years ago. Right now, like kids growing up, they hear about it every single day. Yeah, it's day. part of we, the lingo. We didn't. So when I first saw this, I really didn't know what to think of it. And rewatching it today with, you know, an, like a 30-year-old a lens on it, I'm like, wow, it was really ahead of its time with some of the things that they're bringing up. Yeah, well, try 40-year-old lens. Well, I meant like 30 years. Oh, yeah. Us, like I was, age. yeah. Yeah, well, it'd, yeah. It'd be even longer. 50. It's 70, be, so it's yeah, 50, 50. Yeah, Oh, man, that's crazy. Uh, it doesn't feel that old. Um, but I, I think it's interesting, too, because it's just telling the story. And this is the truth of this person. They wrote it into the script and they tried to make it as accurate as possible. And I, I really like that. And it's not what's so funny. It's such a major part of the character and even one of the main reasons for the conflict that's going on. But that again, it's not every. It's not just everything about that character. There's so much more. What's more interesting is the relationship. I'm more invested to figure out what is the relationship between Sonny and Leon. Um, and then obviously the other person I want to talk about, Mike. Michael is that his partner's name? Sal. There we go. Sal. I really like Sal. I thought he like. He's just a really well written character, and most of it is just in his actions and nothing to do with his dialogue. Which I love the thing about not smoking. What a great. What a great scene. <laughs> Yeah, he is one of the reasons that this movie becomes super tense because from the get-go, you know this guy means business. He definitely has a problem. Yeah. And he is ready to snap at any point. Yeah, what a fascinating movie. And I, I... and John Cazale only had like five movies to his name before he passed away. Wow. That's the guy from The Godfather. Yeah, he's uh, the one who betrays the family, right? Yeah. Yeah, what's his name, Vito? Fredo. Fredo. Fredo, Fredo, Fredo. There's a few instances where things fall or somebody uh, stumbles on a line and it doesn't feel like it. It feels like a real occurrence. Yeah. Like uh, Pacino's walking behind the, the, the bank uh, teller's area yeah, and he knocks over a chair and then he lifts it up. I don't think that was supposed to no. happen. I, there's a, Yeah, and it's a messy... And like, like that's the mess of it. If I'm a director or if I'm someone's like, if you knock something over or something, just just go it doesn't matter when they first release the uh, security guard and he's like you you said something about a, a guy a woman and he's stumbling over his words so much to the point where it feels natural and the camera is always like shaking but just enough where it's not you know born identity but it feels like a documentary crew that's like hovering over pacino's shoulders and recording what's happening and you know that it's it's something crazy film you know documentaries why we love them is because it feels authentic but to make a film that's supposed to be scripted feel that authentic uh well done so favorite scenes favorite scenes the conversation between leon and sunny is awesome but i think my favorite scene has to be when he gets when he picks up the pizzas i mean just <laughs> just any interaction where he's outside with the crowd and the cops is hysterical and um the attica line is one of the famous top 100 kind of uh, quotes from movies, and it was improvised. Hmm. Pacino threw that in because Attica just happened a year prior, and it felt very timely for the movie. So that part, uh, you know, was ad-libbed. Interesting. But still, at the same time, it feels very Yeah, natural. it feels real. It yeah. just fits in. 
Yeah, a lot of everything feels very real, documentary-esque, yeah. And how did you feel about, like, how he's a bank robber, but through the context of the story, and, and historically, he was viewed by the crowd as a hero. Well, I've probably mentioned the podcast before. I don't like stealing. I know, because if you guys are a fan of his show, we've had this conversation in the past. I didn't just sit you with a big question just randomly. Uh, we talked about this, I think, uh, when we did Pain and Gain. We talked about... Uh, can they still be heroes even though they stole things? And you said no. So, same question for Al Pacino's character. Well, he's ridiculous, right? Just like the other guys were ridiculous. But the other one, you know, they really aren't trying to kill or hurt anybody. Whereas, like, in the other one, they, they do messed up things. Like, they kill, they cross a line, too, involved with it. The root of what's happening here, obviously, he is a bad guy because yeah. he's trying to rob a bank. Yeah. He is holding people hostage. He is holding people at gunpoint. That is bad. Uh, but he's trying to help somebody. He was trying to help and pay somebody's medical bills. But that isn't an excuse to rob a bank. Yeah. And two, the big thing that was happening outside of the bank was that the cops were so easy to pull their guns on them, even when they were unarmed. And that's something that's even happening today in certain instances with police and people. And it creates a distrust yeah distrust between the two wow i even relate like yeah it still happens today so much so this is that's what i was thinking when i was watching it. it's so timely that it's still happening today and his thing and the way people were cheering him on was because he walked out with a, a white flag nothing on him and yet there were 200 guns yeah i think sometimes i don't root for him because he acts like the victim when clearly he's holding eight victims <laughs> at gunpoint <laughs> it's like buddy come on so there's that. I I don't think I'm as against him as I was with Pain and Gain. I do understand and feel like, you know, hey, I'm unarmed. We're trying to talk here. But the whole point is none of this would be happening if we weren't robbing the place gun. So obviously, yeah, I'm not as against him as Pain and Gain, but I'm still not for him. I think it's probably more so because Pain and Gain, they really did some messed up. Yeah, it's messed up. It's not It's not even close. At least here, he, he I think I believe he genuinely doesn't want to hurt anybody. Yeah, and it's Brooklyn. Uh, we like making a noise. We like making a scene. We love being a crowd, so I'm not surprised. Oh, and that boyfriend just ran into the crowd and just, like, bum-rushed him. Yeah, not 100% surprised. 100% Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's 200 guns. You think I should run in there? Yeah! <laughs> Didn't even think about it. Just ran at it. You ready for a rating review? Final thoughts and ratings? Final thoughts and ratings. I'll go first. Great. It's a classic. I think it's it, it was snubbed real hard at the Oscars, and as a heads up, when we do our awards season type episode, we're going to announce the Broskers. Broskers or Broskers? <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll make it a, a poll in one of these yeah. episodes. Um, pronunciation aside, we're doing this for the bros of what actually deserves an award this year, uh, if they get it wrong. Most overrated movie of the year, you know. <laughs> you know where my vote's going. <laughs> anyway, that being said. That being sorry. said, Al Pacino kills it. John Cazale kills it. The whole cast is perfect. The writing is so sharp. The editing is so quick, especially in those really tense moments. And for a film that is so tense, it is slow paced the whole time. It's a slow burn. And then right when it kicks in, it really kicks in. And you, there's just like so much happening. I love this movie to death. I'm going to give it a five out of five. One of the other things I want to highlight is very much uh, this movie is trying to be realistic in life. The ending is also very abrupt and very much kind of how TV works. I It's funny. While watching this, I thought of the submersible uh, with 
Oceanic, the gate, Ocean Gate with the sub. Yeah. I was thinking about that, live television, da da da. Obviously not quite the same thing that's happening, but it just reminded me of a lot. And I think it does such a good job of portraying everything accurately. I was a little bored. Um and I wondered, is that enough for it to give me a to give it a four? And I still could be there. Because objectively this movie is a classic. Right, and I think anybody giving out a five out of five totally get it and understand. But in the, the day, I get to pick my ratings. Not to cut yeah. you off, but one last question. Sure. Have you ever heard of this movie? Yes, I've heard of it before. In just, title, I just didn't know anything about it. Gotcha. Just yeah. Curious. yeah, yeah. I think it's very yeah, and it's one of these situations where I'm trying to give it a four, and it's and it feels dishonest to do that. So I'll go with my gut, and I think objectively, I just going to give it a five and be basic so welcome to my side <laughs> yeah it's a good movie you can't deny it it's a really good movie we recommend it and what we do recommend is that you stick around after the break we'll be talking about dumb money this episode is brought to you by today's sponsor costumes by amber heard the johnny depp collection that's right amber heard has decided to finally come out with johnny depp costumes you could go as his entire finger that's right a chopped off severed finger you could go by his box of cocaine that he keeps around his house you could go as captain jack sparrow after the amber heard trial what that will be like so if you're thinking about becoming Johnny Depp this year, stop no further. Go check out his legitimate, not crazy ex-girlfriend, Amber Heard. See what wonderful things can happen to you when you put on the costume. It is said that redheads will spawn out of the sea and attack you on sight and then accuse you of attacking them. So look no further than the Amber Heard collection. Use the code fair trial when you and you will save 15 percent off the exact amount of finger that is missing from johnny depp that's right 15 percent off we'll match it with the amount of finger that's missing and make sure you beat up the man you want in your life this episode is powered and sponsored by fort way media whether it's a special event your wedding day or maybe a small business looking to make an advertisement or commercial. Four-Way Media is the obvious choice. They turn everyday life into a cinematic experience. When you want to capture those special moments, look no further. Stop what you're doing. Check out fortwaymedia.com. Book an appointment today and don't miss out on another chance to get what you want in front of the big screen. Whether it is expert videography or photography, Fortway Media can match exactly what you're looking for. Fortway Media is known for helping out small businesses and everyone reach their dreams. Sign up today. And we're back. But before we jump into dumb money, uh, there is no what if this week, but partially we're going to be talking about a personal project that jp and i have been working on yeah it was a feature-length film that i never wrote i wrote a short film about 13 pages jp read it and said let me add it (laughs) we cut that bad boy down to three pages not including the title page and (laughs) and uh we put it actually into production last weekend we wrapped and it was one long day of filming jp how do you think it went i think it went really good i um hate sound uh, i just found that out i hate working it but learned a lot it's it's amazing because obviously we've worked on sets together before and i act like i've been on other sets you're my only one uh but i love oh man making movies is a lot of fun i kept thinking you said the rust is coming off but like it was rusty and 
I, it's been five years since I've been on a set, and I really I can't believe I even said that because there was a time where we were just pumping these bad boys out. And looking back at the setup for how we did these things, I have no idea how we did it. And I don't know how we did anything. Yeah, I'm yeah, no, crazy. like we, you know, we we cut some corners, but we ended up doing very big projects. And to you know how much stress to put this little thing together, Ugh. it was like how did we. How did we do 90 pages, 100 pages? Um, you know, 12 different actors, uh, an entire house. 20 days yeah. worth, an entire house that we had to keep in check with food every single day. Basically, uh, you know, one director, one man production team, one light, like one sound guy. Crazy. Just absolute insanity. Which just goes to show, man, if you want to do it, just go for it. The film follows a photographer, not based on me. And he basically has um, a lover. He's always taking pictures with them. And this particular Polaroid gets lost in the trenches. And with neither of them really knowing what happened to it, maybe one does, maybe one doesn't, tensions arise. And if we made this eight years ago when we made our first movie together, how would it have been different? Well, first off, I don't think we have the storytelling chops we would have had not had the storytelling chops. No, I feel like the script definitely would have been longer. We yeah. definitely would not have cut it down this small. And lots of jokes. I feel like we, we never did anything super serious. Yeah. At least we did some serious scenes, but never a serious project. I really just think it shows, dare I say, a little bit of maturity or a lot of it between both of us. And I think one thing, and this is not to like toot myself, my own horn, but definitely... D and D has really like helped my storytelling chops and craft, and then doing this podcast, watching bad movies and good ones, you know, really changed the way I think about storytelling, uh, which is such a uh, a big aspect to what I'm doing now. Now I have D and D gigs and jobs, so I must available be available doing... on Fiverr. Available on Fiverr, or you know, contact me directly. Telling a story, even if it's through the lens of film, I think I just really enjoy telling stories now. And that's like such a big part of who I am. And a lot of show don't tell. Like, yeah, we both were taken aback at how long we spent on shots that didn't have dialogue, which was yeah. 80% of it. And I know and shout out to first off great cast, uh, only two people, but just shout out to uh, Kamau and Heather, because I think they were even surprised at how little uh, a lot of it was just action and like facial close ups and just, yeah. And yeah, you guys are going to be one of the first to actually see some footage of it, not in this episode, but yeah. in a future one. And we'll we'll be posting some behind the scenes content on at Fortway underscore media uh, before we release this bad boy. And also, since we're a movie reviewing podcast, I guess we have to review our own movie. Yeah, and I plan to, and I'm like most of the things I do, I'm going to be a harsh judge. Maybe I think to to stack the deck, maybe we should invite a guest to yeah, review it. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. I mean, I'm going to cry in the corner. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. I, I remember when you called me and you're like, Nick, we, I have stakes in this. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Just another thing, if we would have done this 10 years ago, I think I think our vision would have been a little bit all over the place. I don't know if this is intentional or not, but I feel like we get, you know, you get people at your the right age level. I, I yeah, I haven't really experimented with ages yeah. with cast members yet, 
because anything that I've written, I've always written around people that are my age. Right, envision your head. Yeah. yeah. So like Killer in the House, uh, everybody was twenty three because we were twenty three. Yeah, exactly. And now everybody's thirty. But uh, yeah, eventually we'll write things where we deal with older people and younger people. But I think this just makes it easy because you write what you know. Yeah. And even though you know i don't know fully what these people do but i know the age range and i know what we're going through so it yeah. just feels more comfortable to write at that that age i'm really happy and proud already with what we did because it's been a long time and there's just something different about this coming back to it and i don't know what it is we'll talk more about it another day but yeah and i'm excited because i already put together i synced all the clips already because i was eager to see what it looks like i sent uh peter our music guy some of the clips already to kind of get like ideas flowing he loves it so we're excited about this yeah so you'll hear more about it but uh less about that and now it's time to talk about dumb, dumb money money starring paul dano pete davidson vincent d'onofrio america ferrera nick offerman anthony ramos sebastian stan shalene woodley and seth rogan dumb money follows the real life story of youtube stock commentator and analyst keith Gill, played by Paul Dano, a.k.a. Roaring Kitty. <laughs> and we follow him on his journey, and we watch him as he goes on YouTube every day, records videos, and about the stock that he really likes and believes in, GameStop. And it follows the real-life story as they pull the short squeeze on a stock like GameStop as people begin to buy into the stock and watch as the GameStop price goes up and up and all of the different ramification it has in the business world in wall street and that's what this movie is about and first initial thoughts i had a blast during this movie great movie great you, great you, movie. me and the guy behind us hysterical the use of music in the first 30 minutes of the movie is golden the soundtrack was fire i gotta download that later but um yeah this movie had a lot of things going for it and i was hoping that it lived up to the expectations that i had for it and it did um immediately we can compare it to things like the big short that would be the perfect pairing for this kind of episode but we didn't want to go for perfect we wanted to go for near perfect and you've seen the big short love that movie obviously we have to compare yeah yeah here we go which one do you like better Ooh, that is tough that is so tough this one feels more fun and accessible it's about something that we love mm. we both have shopped at gamestop i was actually at gamestop last week it is like silly tongue-in-cheek in its own way but it's definitely the more serious film this movie becomes serious but there's jokes littered throughout they really want you to laugh so i man i've watched the big short many times now anytime the movie's on i would stop and i watch it i i really don't want to choose like i just think they're both fantastic I think also the thing that we discussed immediately out of the theater, yeah. the reason why we might teeter in one direction is because Dumb Money is about the literal underdog. Yeah, what an underdog story. Whereas just like the big short, you leave it very sad. Whereas like Dumb Money, I left happy. I won't say which one is better because I, I genuinely can't decide. I think gun to my head, I'm just going to say Dumb Money for right now. And here's why is because I think the only difference I can find in each of them is that I would recommend people to go watch Dumb Money first because I think it's a little bit more relatable because you don't need as many celebrity cutaways. Like Even Anthony Bourdain's in that one explaining like some stuff. You don't need as much of that, and 
there's a, like a really big cast and a few storylines. This one I'm kind of invested in all the the game the kid who works at GameStop, the nurse. Yeah, and for me, I think I would teeter also in the dumb money way for probably the same exact reason that it's more accessible. Uh, it's a little bit easier to understand. It's just more fun. COVID so helps. I, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things that you know really make it timely where maybe the 2008 one isn't so much. Yeah, because we heard about that big problem as kids, like the market crash, but we didn't necessarily like... So maybe for people our age. Yeah, I think I recommend Dumb Money first. Because like, we were heading into high school. Yeah, and I feel like because it is about GameStop too, I feel like I could easily show this movie to my friends and they would watch it. Yeah, the the memes alone in this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely yeah. That's why Dumb Money way more relatable to us. Yeah. What are some of its highlights? Killer cast, killer cast. Ensemble movies lately, I feel like are there just for cameo value. This one, when I was reading out the cast, I was like. Yeah, everyone plays actually a really important part in this. And everyone, and they have legitimate arcs. They have some depth to them. It's not just cameo and ca- for the sake of cameo, like you said. And there's a lot of them, and yet you can still keep track of everybody. Yeah. You don't, like, at the beginning, it might have been confusing with, like, it could have been, like, I think it's, like, eight or ten characters that are all free-flowing mm-hmm. through each, uh, the timelines. And you can still keep track of which one is which after about 20 minutes, like, once you really get invested in who they are yeah and the reason is too if you really think about it you could probably watch a 10 minute like news clip that really recaps everything that you need to know the movie is all about how the world reacts to one guy and how it affects everybody which is the more interesting that's what i want to know so i want to know how the nurse is doing maybe not at first but i get more and more invested um and it also becomes this underdog story Big guy versus small guy, people banding together for one idea, one goal. And how do you not like love a story like that? What's funny is while you're describing it, I couldn't tell if you're thinking about Dumb Money or Dog Day Afternoon. It sounds almost similar where we're talking about the reaction to one guy and his opposition to a larger, you know, state, basically. And he drops the most, like, he just... How do you not gangster. root for him? How do you not root? What a gangster. How do you not root for him? But to circle back, yeah. uh, to talk about the events that lead up to this, when all of this happened in real life, because this happened during our time, Dog Day Afternoon happened way before us. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know about any of this stuff when it was happening? I heard about something with GameStop and stocks, knew nothing of it. I completely missed the live version of this. Now, Robin Hood is no longer a thing, right? It's still a thing, but not to... The same extent it was. Yeah. So I remember when I was, I learned a little bit about stocks this year. I have a portfolio now. Um, And, you know, learning CDs, you diversify. Oh, I love to diversify. I just know two things about stocks. Nobody knows what the fuck's going on and diversify. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason you diversify is because nobody knows what the fuck's going on. You got to diversify that portfolio. Got to diversify the portfolio. You want to, I have a really nice portfolio. It's so stupid. Is it a thick portfolio? Oh, it's, I would say it's a thin portfolio, but we're wide. Very like, you know. Wide prospects. Wide prospects. Big prospects. I don't know if you've heard of this company called Fort Way Media. I'm bought in on this company so uh right. expect to see a big stock increase i don't know where i was going with that but i'd heard about robin hood and i was like actually told don't do robin hood and i'm like oh is that because and i because of gamestop but the other thing about this movie the message i'm all behind it 
people rising up against Wall Street and the rules because it's one thing this movie got right. It doesn't paint these millionaires and billionaires as these like evil, conniving people in the background. It's just showing you what they do in their business practices. You are rooting against them, not because the movie is shoving it in your face to hate them. I don't think so. What about you? No, I didn't think it was telling me to do something like a similar movie that came out yeah. earlier this year <laughs> that was really preachy about who to hate. Yeah, It was just showing exactly what happened. And we were watching it um, on the way back from the theater how a lot of this is copy and paste word for word what happened it wasn't even hollywood spin on it so it's not like they're even telling you who's the bad guy they're not forcing that at all this is what happened and that speech from real life keith gill that they put into the actual movie is one of the most mic drop i thought it was a hollywood speech like when we saw air this is what I would compare yeah. it to for this year. When we saw Air, when Matt Damon gives that speech at the end about how your son will have good times and bad times and they will try to tear him down and then bring him back up, but he will be an icon that outlives the game and all that stuff. I thought it was a, the most amazing speech. And I told you, I was like, I wonder how much of that speech was real and how much Hollywood had to rewrite that and reform it to make it an Oscar-worthy kind of speech. And in this, the real guy delivered the exact speech. They pulled word for word from his speech. I just, like, I want that quote, like, just put up somewhere. I just want to see it all. I like the stock. And as far as I'm concerned, I like the stock. Just There's probably merch for that already. There has to be. If you're not making money off that, do the Keith Gill thing. Just... He's so honest, um, and that's the thing is none of these other guys are, and he's just straight up up front. I saw the numbers, I crunched them, I thought it was be undervalued. That's it, and people believed it, and it shows the power of people when people come together. Um, at a time where we were all so separated yeah. that people were coming together online, so it wasn't even like he could go out and talk about these things. Everybody was shutting in their houses, and he just develop this following organically and he, he stepped away from the public light our main character played by paul dano who does an amazing job right we're not gonna are mm -hmm. you here he stepped away from the limelight i wonder how many people are going to be searching him like you and i are i hope people go see this movie that's what i'm most sad about is that there weren't more we only saw it with one other person yeah oh man i hope people it is see this. opening night technically like it opens tomorrow fully but yeah, I imagine there's more people in the seats for Saw X right now, and that's disappointing. This I would put this on Covenant levels, must-see movie of the year. Like, you, you have to go watch this movie. I think if you're a gamer, if you've ever shopped at GameStop, if you want, if you want to hear an interesting story about something that happened during COVID, if you don't, even if you don't know anything about stocks, but you're like, you want to see like some corporate elite guys get taken down by the people, go watch this. Uh, any actor besides Paul Dano here? Um, Paul Dano obviously kills it. Pete Davidson really just plays his best Pete Davidson. This this is the best Pete Davidson performance by far. Yeah, uh, outside of maybe uh, King of Staten Island. But uh, when I saw him in this, I just kept thinking, my guy, when are you going to stop playing Pete Davidson? Because you're hitting that age where you can't play Pete Davidson anymore. Um, but I think America Ferreira yeah. gives a better performance here than she did at Barbie. Oh, yeah, very much so. 
and I think Anthony Ramos is just really fun. I was happy to see my boy not in Transformers. Like, nice job. Nice well, job. You can, you can watch um, Into the Heights. He's in that. I'm good. I heard that was bad. No, it was really good. Oh, Into the Heights was good? Yeah. I'm sorry. Good. Musical West Side Story I heard. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That's Rachel Zeigler. I've seen both of those uh, in uh, on Broadway. So, uh, so you, you would like the movie, I think. Yeah. I um, but I do want to highlight, I don't know who they are the two college kids yeah they did a great job yeah i think they had more emotional depth than some of the other characters in that lineup i think too the best part about this movie is no character stays long enough that you're annoyed by them and no character is on short enough that you don't get their motivation goals you ever see ferris bueller's day off yeah um you know the two guys that steal the car Mm -hmm. there's a movie coming out on them why like what their day was like on ferris bueller's day yeah why i don't know i don't know why i don't know how considering it's like 40 years later but it it you know goes off of what you're saying where we don't stay with someone for too long when we don't have to and clearly the people making that movie didn't listen to that idea i'm only gonna mention it because we've already reviewed him in a movie this year that i did not like uh or i thought was just okay seth rogan is finally not playing Seth Rogen. Thank you for growing up, Seth Rogen. He didn't laugh once in this. <laughs> Seth Rogen laughed. Uh, really nice to see Seth Rogen playing a serious character that I, not like he blew me away, but he did a good job. Uh, another great scene, which I think might be like the apex of the movie, is when the Robin Hood app doesn't let it by. And I really feel for these characters. Um, so I think the speech is the clear the ending just and then to find out on top of it so oh this whole movie is my favorite scene like so yeah. good i think any scene with anthony ramos was just hysterical and i loved oh, yeah. it um any scene with the robin hood guys was always funny again like the end credits seeing what really happened that it was to the t exactly what happened is scary seeing how seth rogan's character was bailed out and you always hear bailout on the news and you don't really, you know, get a sense of what it means. And when you hear it in context in this film, it's actually scary at how when a rich person goes bankrupt, they really don't. Yeah, because if this was the other way around, right? Because like really, it's so it's so crazy because if this were happening in real life and a bunch of people paid the stock and then the stock, the stock plummets, nobody's bail. Yeah, nobody's going to bail those people out. They just lose the money and they're screwed and that's it. And what's crazy is, again, from that ending set of uh, facts that they threw at us, this can't ever happen again. They're making sure of it. Yeah, because they, the the powers that be. Yeah, I hope people go see it. This would be my, I talked about how sad I was about The Expendables, just having to watch it. I will be really sad if this movie doesn't do well. Especially come Oscar time. Yeah, it's got to win something. Like, I feel like this can hit a Golden Globe. Maybe yeah. not an Oscar, but maybe a Golden Globe. Yeah. That's our predictions. I, I'm I'm down for the prediction. If it was going to win an Oscar, what would you give it for? Uh, I think definitely screenplay, even though a lot of yeah. it is taken from different things. But that but that alone, to not Hollywood, like, what a great choice. I yeah. Think. yeah. And then I think maybe performance from Paul Dano. Maybe editing. Yeah. Final thoughts and ratings. Final thoughts and ratings. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be inspired, if you want to be moved, if you need that little boost uh, to get you through the week, to really motivate you, 
go watch this movie. Uh, go watch Dumb Money because I think part of the reason why we go to cinema is to dream big, is to see things that we don't get to normally see every day. And this is a true story. It really happened, and it is told in a beautiful way. And you're doing a disservice to yourself if you don't go out and see this. And so it's a five out of five for me. Similarly, I'm going to be a basic bitch this week. It's another five out of five for me. It's just a fun movie. Something that would would a a story and a subject that is a little bit hard to understand makes it palpable to the average viewer. Is just fun to watch. A great time. Very funny. Very satirical. You get to root for the characters. And again, even though you're not told to hate a certain group, you do. Because that is the life that we live in right now. And yeah, if there's a movie to watch this year, I would definitely put this on a must-see list. And it also really complicates what I'm putting in my top five this year. Dumb Money is definitely top 10 of the year. Will it be top five? We'll find out at the Broscars or the Bro Oscars. This has been another episode of Take 303. Thanks so much for watching. This this week's uh, question of the week is, what is your favorite, quote-unquote, based on a true story film? But it must say based on a true story in the opening sequence because that is a true based on a true story film. This week's poll question of the week is, did you invest in GameStop? We'll leave yes, no, or we'll leave a third option. Never heard about this whole thing. Something akin to that uh, about uh, dumb money. This has been an episode of Take Theater 3. Thanks so much for watching. Make sure you're following us at Take.303 on Instagram. Follow us on there. Make sure you're following us on Spotify. Make sure you like, share, do all that stuff. Next week's episode is Saw X and the Nighthouse. We also got a special episode coming out for Mortal Kombat. And when Halloween rolls around in October, or the month of October rolls around, we've got some special stuff coming up for Take 303. Thanks so much for watching. That is next week. That's next week. week. So by the time you hear this, October, you'll be hearing what's coming up. But so thanks so much for watching. Have a good one. Bye-bye.